This is Podco Media Networks. Hello and welcome to the Peace Love Plants podcast. I'm your host, Marco Knox, a.k.a. the Phytogenic Chef. This week, my guest is Jeff Palmer, CEO of Clean Machine Plant-Based Fitness Nutrition. On this episode, Jeff shares his story that involves a number of emotional topics, including losing his parents, overcoming addiction, and not succumbing to suicidal thoughts. We also discuss forgiveness, persevering, love, and redemption. As you'll soon hear, Jeff is transparent and just about as authentic as anybody you'll listen to. His story is gripping, and one that will just about touch all of your emotions. So, settle on in, maybe even grab a tissue, just in case, and enjoy this episode titled, Reconnecting to My Source, with Jeff Palmer. Jeff Palmer, welcome to the Peace Love Plants podcast, my friend. How are you doing today? Good, good, really good. Thanks for having me. It's great to connect with you at the uh, VegFest, and uh, really feel like we've developed a nice relationship since then. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, it's really a surreal moment for me having you on the show, Jeff, because when we first met, like you just mentioned at the VegFest in Orlando last year, I had no idea how much you would accomplish in the plant-based world. So let's start here. Let's go back. How old were you when you went plant-based vegan? was uh, 1985. So it was 35 years ago in March. So I'm 57 now. I don't know what the math is on that, but a while. Yeah, that's amazing. So 35 years completely vegan. Now, when we talked, you had told me um, prior to going vegan, you were dealing with some things that were, at the time to you, things that you couldn't even foresee yourself overcoming. Take me back to that time and and paint the picture for our listeners, what that was like and what it is that you were going through. Yeah. So I was raised in a very uh, loving family, which was awesome. But then I uh, quickly, as I adapted through school and friendships and stuff, found a world uh, with a lot of people in it that weren't (laughs) like me weren't as uh, emotionally connected, weren't as friendly, as kind, as sensitive. And then, you know, the gender thing too, being a male and and trying to be compassionate in this world is a challenge all on its own because the gender stereotypes, you have to be aggressive, that you have to be, you know, closed up emotionally. And that just wasn't me. And it wasn't the way I was raised. And I felt really like a black sheep in in society. I felt odd man out. I didn't really feel like this world was built for someone like me. And I felt very alone. And then that got compounded by my mother getting multiple sclerosis and passing, my father dying from alcoholism, my brother becoming schizophrenic. I felt like my whole family was leaving me and abandoning me. And they were my core. They were my one tether to the reality that I was not wrong for feeling the way I did, for being a a compassionate male who cared about others, who wanted to be loving, wanted to enjoy nature. It just wasn't the reality I feel like it was in. And I it got to the point where the depression was so deep, I attempted several times to take my own life and just exit because I just was not happy here. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it was a very painful period in my life. And I was struggling. I really wanted to find hope. I really wanted to say, no, I can make this work somehow. And 
you know, both my parents were college professors. So I was raised in a very educated community, an educated environment, but I couldn't find that answer. And I was really looking for it. Like, how do you make sense of this world that seems so angry and hostile and shut down? And how do I live in a world like that? That was a big challenge for me. And I almost didn't make it. I'm glad I did. (laughs) Yeah, I personally am glad you did. And I know there's a lot of people in this world that are glad that you did. So when you tell that story, it's, it's unbelievable to hear someone going through that much in a really compact point in time. So your father passes, your mother passed, your mother passed first, right? Actually, my father did. Your yeah. father passed first, and then your mother, and your brother's dealing with some mental issues. And what was the catalyst? I mean, in, in, your, in your own mind, you're like, I have to get through this. I need a breakthrough. So you're searching. I'm searching. What, what was the catalyst that, that helped you with your awakening? Where were you, and what, what happened? Yeah, so... Unfortunately, like many people, the things that are available to dealing with pain are isolation, are drugs, are alcohol, are bad eating habits. And I did all of them. I was heavy into drugs and alcohol and smoking cigarettes and eating garbage. And obviously that was giving me a little bit of suffering relief, but it's temporary. And then it ends up only compounding the whole problem because you're just adding a whole new set of problems every time you do that. And uh, having watched my father die from alcoholism and his own suffering, I was feel like I was falling into the same pathway. And I was sitting drinking in a bar and I really wanted to believe <laughs> I could be happy. And I saw a woman walk in the bar and she was just glowingly happy. And I I just like, look, I I was ready to take my final exit out of this world. And when I saw that happiness, I just walked straight up to her and I said, just a complete stranger. I never met her before. I never saw her. But I could see how genuinely happy she was. And I said, I want what you have. How, How do I get there? Show me how to find that happiness. Literally, those words. Yeah. And she laughed, of course, because she was taken aback, but she was also taken aback by my sincerity that I really wanted that. And she said, I've met this most incredible healer. I want to take you to him. And I said, Oh, great. Right. Take me to your guru. You know, <laughs> I had become very cynical because I had not found this and I had not found the reason to be happy in life and, and wasn't believing that it was attainable. But somehow she seemed happy. (laughs) So I wanted to see if that was possible. Went to his place. He opened the door and I went to walk in and he and he stood in the doorway and blocked the doorway. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of rude. And uh, so I looked up to look at his face of like, why are you why are you doing that? And he just caught my gaze and he looked straight into my eyes for what seemed like an eternity, but was probably five or six seconds. And he goes, oh, you came here to prove me wrong. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. He just saw right through me. I've never felt so naked before in my life. And at that moment, I surrendered. I just said, let's go with this. Why not? What do I have to lose? I'm ready to to give up anyway. Why not? So we walk in and we're talking and just about nothing, I thought. He turned to me and he... And he put his hand on my shoulder and he says, it's your father. 
And I'm like, wow. <laughs> no discussion prior about your family. No, didn't even come up in the conversation. Now, where is this? Where, where are you? We're just in the living room of this guy's uh, guy named Buddy Skyfeathers. Uh, I owe him thanks for changing my life. Were you in Florida at the time? Yeah, it was in Florida. And he just really was an intuitive. He listened to people and saw people for where they're at. You know, so often I think we look at people and see people for where we think we are, all our judgments about them, how they look, what they're wearing, what they say, the way they talk, what colors their skin. We have all these preconditioned things that we make up a story about people instead of actually listening to them, who they really are, who they present themselves to be. But he heard that. He just cut through the crap, the, all the, the layers of the the people we present ourselves to be, the phony people we present ourselves to be, to try to protect ourselves from judgment, right? Yeah. But he just cut right through that, saw me, and he said, it's your father. He goes, do an exercise with me. Try this. He goes, tell me how you created a separation between you and your father. And I'm like, wait a minute. My father left me. My father died on me. He abandoned me, you know? How is that my fault? <laughs> And he goes, just just say the sentence, I created a separation by, and then fill it in. So I did that, and I filled it in with something that he did. And he goes, no, no, that's what he did. Tell me how you created that separation. And I kept saying this over and over, and he kept denying it and getting me to come back to how I was creating a separation between me and my father. And I got back to all the anger I felt for him choosing alcohol over me, God, that my life wasn't good enough for him to stay here, to be here for me when I needed him. God, all that pain just poured out of me. Yeah. And when I found out behind that was a lot of love I had for my father. And when I reached in and, and forgave him, when I reached in and saw he was suffering and that he was so overwhelmed by his own suffering, he couldn't see the damage he was doing to other people, to me, to his own son. But when I could see that through his eyes, I had empathy for him, not anger at him. Yeah. I saw his suffering. I could relate to it. And that forgiveness just changed and opened up my heart. And when that happened, I realized my blocking, loving him was blocking my love for everything, my love for life, my love for myself. I was not even allowing my love to love me. <laughs> and when I reconnected to that love and allowed myself to love my father, to get beyond the anger, to get beyond the hurt, the judgment I had for him, when I get to reconnect with the fact that I really loved my father and really thankful for all the gifts he gave me, wow, did that just open up my heart. And I reconnected with my love for nature, with my love for other people, with my love for myself. And I was just, oh, that breakthrough was so huge for me. I went home, I was flying, I was floating, I was buzzing. I mean, I could, like my hands were vibrating like they were plugged into an electric socket. <laughs> it was just such a phenomenal change for me because I, all my energy was flowing again. I felt like I was alive again. I was dying before. I was literally dying by closing off my own emotional self 
and shutting it down to the point my life didn't want to continue. And freeing that just got me to, I was so full of energy, I couldn't sleep. So I stayed up all night meditating. I'm like, oh my God, I got my life back. I got reconnected with who I am. I got a second chance at life. (laughs) You know, how do I give this back? How do I pay it forward? You know, how do I contribute to less suffering in the world? And as I kept just repeating that over and over in my mind, in my, you know, how can I contribute? How can I give back? I felt so overwhelmingly thankful for being released from my suffering. That, that voice in my mind just said, stop harming animals. And nothing could be more obvious, more clear than that words in my head. It's like, oh, my God, I'm causing suffering to animals every time I eat. Why? I don't need to do that. Yeah. And I don't want to cause suffering to myself either. So I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I quit doing all drugs. And I quit eating all animals that morning. So that morning, that was the decision. (laughs) Everything went. I just didn't want to create harm anymore. I got reconnected to my, my love, my power, my source, who I am, reconnected with myself. And I felt strong. I didn't need those things anymore. They just kind of fell away. It felt like ashes just falling off my body. Like this person that I was just died in that day. And, yeah. and I, got to, I got to be the real Jeff, the Jeff that I know is inside. And I know I see that in so many people where you, you can walk up to somebody and you see deep in you something inside them. There's a spark there. But they're not just bringing it out to their fullness. And at that moment, I was so full that I just said, I'm going to change the way I approach life. I'm going to start living life for my goals. I'm not going to be told what to do in school. I'm not going to be told what to think in my workplace. I'm going to choose what I work at. I'm going to choose what I educate myself with. I'm going to choose... It was an empowerment. It was a re-empowerment of self. Yeah. And that's when I took control of my life. And man, what a difference it's been. (laughs) So peeling back the layers and really going within and finally getting to the wall, right? Where you got through the emotional layers. Now you're at this wall that you had to still tear down and you tore it down. And behind that wall was the real you, your essence, love and compassion. And it embraced you and you embraced it, it sounds like. Yes. And I I truly think that that is at the core of every human being. And we we just got to reconnect with it, whatever that takes, whatever it is for you. I mean, once I discovered that, I was like, okay, what else can I pull out? You know, how much more work can I do? I did rebirthing, which is breath work. I did uh, Native American sweat lodges and shaman healings. And I hung out with Buddhist monks and did chanting. And I practiced so many different, because there was lots of different ways that people have found, different cultures have found to remove these barriers to being your true self, really embracing the amazing essence of who we are, which is loving, compassionate, caring, thinking, thoughtful people. And it's powerful when you get to that place. It's exciting because you take charge of your life. I felt like a victim. My whole worldview changed. I felt, you know, 
my school was controlling what I thought. I thought my workplace was controlling what I did. The demand, you know, I had to work for money, so I had to pay my bills, so I had to, it was all had tos. And then when I turned this around, it was, wow, now what do I get to do? Yeah. I get to choose whatever I want. What do I want? The world went from a place of oppression, of dictating my life experience, to one of a playground where I could go do whatever I want, that all my choices lay out before me and I get to choose what's best for me. That's just such an amazing thing when you can turn that worldview around. It really is. And hearing you talk about it, I can hear the compassion in your voice and the sincerity and the authenticity in it. As I mentioned, when we first started this, it truly resonates with me. I don't want to make this about my story. This is your story, but you know a little bit of my story. We went through very similar things. I lost my mother to alcoholism at age four and my father later passed and I've lost a brother to suicide. So it strikes a real chord with me to hear you tell your story because I've I've walked a lot of that similar path as you. It really is amazing when you can peel that back and find yourself and not be the victim anymore. And you nailed it, Jeff. You absolutely nailed it when you say you get to. It's a gift. We all get to make a choice of what we want to do. So that's really fascinating. And I appreciate you being raw and authentic with that. I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy that and, and maybe find some truth in themselves. And it may heal some others as well. Now, you mentioned you went and you studied and you just immersed yourself in as much wisdom as you possibly could absorb. I find that fascinating. So you practice breath work. Is that something you do on a daily basis to this day? Yeah, there's an interesting technique called rebirthing. And it Mm -hmm. comes from what is the very first thing you do when you come out of the womb? You take a breath, Mm -hmm. a big breath. And that first breath is your first real major interaction with the world. In the womb, everything is taking care of you, your food, your everything, your house, everything is there. And it's a beautiful comfort. You're surrounded by love. Once you enter to the world, now you are an individual. And the very first thing you do is (sighs) you let it in and you let it out, right? Yeah. It is a powerful tool for transformation. And we forget about that, that we have it. It's free and it's useful to us anytime. But you can use breath as a tool to move through things. When you hear people get emotional in a movie, what do you hear? A sigh. (sighs) Mm -hmm. That's our emotion tied to our breath. Well, what if you actually use breath intentionally to clean and release and heal? That's exactly what breathing does. Breathing is the starting of losing fat. It is the starting of changing our bodies. It is what our brain needs the most of. So what happens when you accelerate the amount of oxygen reaching your brain? Your brain can fire like crazy. And that's what happens in the experience. It's a controlled, deep, very rhythmic breath rate. So you're going way deep in the breath. You're accelerating or exaggerating the breath, right? And when you do that, you can increase the emotional, spiritual, psychological states as well. So you can use this tool anytime you want. And it's really cool. So I was teaching people all over the country doing workshops. We even did 200 people rebirthing at the same time under one big tent. It was amazing. (laughs) That sounds amazing. I, I can attest to breath work. The woman that walks beside me in life, Karen, which you know, taught me pranayama. 
about two years ago, the first time. And it's interesting. I kind of was like, eh, okay, honey, I'll go along, right? <laughs> right? And then I did it, Jeff. I kid you not, the first time, the very first time when I was done, I looked over at her and she was already looking at me, kind of waiting for my response. <laughs> yeah. And I looked over at her and my eyes were big and she could see that it it, it moved me. Yes. And I said, that was amazing. I, I can't even find the words to explain what that feels like. And every day since, the first thing I do when my feet hit the ground, because our mind is still in that state of subconscious state, is I start thinking positive intentions and I go and I sit and I breathe. And then I take on the day. <laughs> so I love, I love that story about how you, you've incorporated it into your life and you're still practicing it today. That's beautiful. Yeah, and these are, are simple tools. And I, I'm looking at these different cultures, people, different groups of people who have found different ways that we can connect with nature. We can connect with our deeper self. We can connect with our emotional and psychological places just using simple tools like sweat lodges. When I first did my first sweat lodge, it was an amazingly powerful experience. And Native Americans, with the, doing the whole chanting and the prayer bags and the whole works, uh, the fire, doing the blessings, doing the fasting and cleansing, eating only raw organic foods, the whole works. One of the major takeaways is that I saw is that that sweat that just starts pouring out of you, like just release. Well, the body, the mind, the spirit, the emotional self and the physical self are all connected. But if you take any one of those four aspects of self and you move it, the rest wants to move with it. You know, our whole self wants to remain whole. So if you if you got this physical experience of release and cleanse, the emotional self wants to release and cleanse too as well. The psychological self wants to release and cleanse. It just encourages the whole body to move in a direction. You can do that with food. I see people who change their diet and then all of a sudden start having emotional breakthroughs and have starts spiritual awakenings and mental awarenesses, aha moments, just because they've changed their diet. So you yeah. can start with any one of these aspects. You can start with the spiritual. You can start with the emotional. You can start on an intellectual basis. Or you can even start on the physical basis, like breath work or fasting or diet change or or sweat lodges. These are all physical approaches to initiate change, release, letting go, reawareness, reawakening. And they're just powerful tools. And the more you have in your tool chest, the more you can use whenever and wherever you're at and, and know that, look, there's lots of ways we can get to these answers inside ourselves. Yeah, that's fascinating. When you, when you bring up the food, and I've I've talked about this very subject with a, a lot of my previous guests, and uh, you're probably aware of Dr. Bruce Lipton yes. and his work okay. in epigenetics. And I love what he talks about. And I don't want to sound like a broken record to a lot of people that are listening to this episode, but it's fascinating. You literally are what you consume whether it's the television you're watching, the music you're listening to, the people you surround yourself with, and the food that you eat. And if the food that you ate was suffering and going through fear mm. before it became your food, you're literally consuming that suffering and that fear, and it becomes you at the cellular level. So it's fascinating because you're right. When you change your diet and you go to a plant-based vegan diet, you're no longer consuming those fear-based cells and those 
hurtful cells. You're, you're consuming pure natural food and the dissonance goes away. Your mind clears and you're able to think clear and the breakthroughs happen. It's an awakening. It truly is. Yeah. And when I had that major awakening and 35 years ago, I not only committed to that path for myself, but I committed the rest of my life to trying to help others in that way. And I realized, okay, you know, not everybody is going to have a, such a dramatic experience and not everybody needs to, you know, mm-hmm. I was in a very dark place and the transition to a light place, to a self-empowered place was a big one. So it seemed like a big experience, but not everybody has gone to that darker place that I did too. So you don't need to have such a tremendous experience. Mm -hmm. The shift is just to get yourself back to wholeness, back to healthy, empowered state where you're choosing what you want in life. So I, I said, okay, what are the two things that we do most in a daytime? One is eat and two is move. Okay. If I can actually just start with those two, that's what most people are doing. And look, we know if you don't move, you can start creating disease states in your life. Uh, obesity from lack of exercise, then it goes to diabetes, then it goes to heart attack strokes and, and all the rest of them, high blood pressure. It all can start there. Same with diet. If you're not doing your diet correctly, again, the same path, you know, starting with gaining weight, then obesity, then diabetes, then heart attacks and strokes. And that's what the medical system is designed for. You know, the big food companies say, eat our crappy food. And then the doctors say, well, don't worry, I'll make money off of you eating that crappy food by being sick. And then the pharmaceutical companies say, well, great, I'll make money on you eating the crappy food, going to the doctor and coming to me for the pills. And then the hospitals make money. And then the insurance companies make money. Everybody is making money off of your choice to eat poorly and not exercise. So yeah. let's start there. You won't need the doctors. You won't need the drugs. You won't need the hospital. You won't need the insurance companies. You won't need the nursing home if you do those first two things right, which is diet and exercise. And it's the key to health. Obviously, we need to reduce stress in our lives. We need to have fresh water and sleep well and things like that. But diet and exercise, if you can get those two things right, can make a dramatic difference in your experience of life. There are definitely a couple of the pillars in the foundation to uh, building a sustainable, comprehensive, healthy life for sure. Exactly. And I think there are places where, look, anybody can work out and anybody can make even small changes in their diet and feel the difference. When you work out, you feel strong. And when you're strong, you're empowered. When you're empowered, you're not going to let those people talk you into eh, buying this stuff, choosing this stuff. Choose making those wrong choices that they're there just to profit from you off of. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between people out there providing products that help you attain your goals and people out there who are just selling products that are actually making you worse off. Yeah. When you are in an empowered state, you can choose. You can see clearly between I'm not going to choose that anymore because that hurts my body. And I like my body. I love who I am. I want to succeed in life. I am enjoying being fit and healthy and happy. I am enjoying not having to pay for a doctor, a hospital, insurance and stuff like that. At 57 years of age, I have no medications, no disease states in perfect health. And I don't even carry insurance. Because I don't need it. My insurance is my food and exercise. Yeah, you make that choice every day at the store. 
That's beautiful, Jeff. 57, don't even need insurance, no pills, medication. That's great. That's an inspiration because I'm the same way. I'm 43, but I mean, that's the future I see as well with the choices I'm making. So I think this is a great opportunity to kind of set this episode down. And will you come back next week? We didn't even get to Clean Machine, which is something I really want to talk about because you have some amazing breakthroughs and things that we really, really need to address. You mind coming back next week and we can dive into that? part of your life? I'd love to. Thanks for having me back. No worries. So we're going to set this one down, but Jeff has agreed to come back next week. And I really appreciate you, as I said, Jeff, being open and authentic and sharing your story. I think whoever listened to that is going to be moved. And as you said, they don't have to have as an extreme change as you did if they're not there but I'm sure they can find something that they can address in their life and try to become a better person. So thank you sincerely for sharing that, Jeff. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having such a great format to get uh, some of these stories shared because I know there's a lot of amazing stories out there to be shared. No doubt. All right, everybody, that's Jeff Palmer. Please be sure to join us next week as he comes back and we talk about the business of Clean Machine. Until then, peace, love, and plants. What emotion, or should I say emotions, did that story hit for you? Surprise? Sadness? Excitement? Joy? Maybe a little of all and even more. I'm with you. When Jeff first shared his story with me, I was moved. Now my connection to his story may hit a little more home for me having gone through similar experiences, but if I had not, I still have to believe that his story would have moved me the same. I mean, Jeff tells his story with such conviction and emotion that you can't help but feel it. And honestly, we all should do the same if we aren't already. It reminds me that no matter what you've been through in this life, your story is just that, yours. And we should never be ashamed to be unapologetically, 100% authentically ourselves. I'll leave you with that for now. But please tune in next Monday because Jeff is back. But this time, we talk about his business, Clean Machine Plant-Based Fitness Nutrition, and some of the amazing scientific breakthroughs that are currently happening. It's big news. Until then, peace, love, and plants. Mm -hmm.